This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Acts chapter 27, verse number 16 begins like this. We sailed along the sheltered side of a small island named Calda, where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes under the hull of the ship to strengthen it. Now let me say before I read the rest of this, that in verse number 17, That's where we stopped 20 years ago today. I only knew how to preach this message to verse number 17 20 years ago. But now I'm going to take you to the rest of the story. They were afraid of being driven across the sandbars of Syrtis off the African coast, so they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. Anybody ever been there where the sun and the stars seemed gone in your life? No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place. Nobody likes I told you so, amen, and not left Crete. You would have avoided all the damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. How many believe God? Well, I'm trying to preach the message I've written, but I've seen about three more messages. When when your sun goes dark, when God speaks to you, keep obeying him. Boy, I, I could preach that for just a little while. And God has a plan for your life, and no matter what happens, God's going to fulfill his plan. How many of you know that to be true? today. Amen. But listen to what he said. It will be just as God said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. How many of us are excited about being shipwrecked? 20 years ago, I stood to preach the first message of this church and I ministered from this chapter. Now, looking back, I asked myself, what kind of preacher preaches on a shipwreck the very first Sunday a church gets started? Amen. First Sundays are supposed to be about times of looking forward, uh, times to, to see all the amazing things God has in store. The truth is that we never set sail on a journey expecting to sink. I remember I went out on a ship very far back in the foundation days of our church, and we went out and the men's groups are supposed to go deep sea fishing. Somebody asked me, why, how come our church never takes a deep sea fishing trip with the men? And I, I said, because we made that mistake once in our time. Amen. I'll tell you, we'll go fishing on the coast all you want. 
But when it comes to going out there in the deep, I made a promise to God when I was holding on to the side of that boat as green as green could be. I said, God, if you'll get me off this crazy boat, I'll never take another group deep sea fishing again. Amen. None of us go out. We didn't know we were going to hit the start of a hurricane that day when we went out. And that we would have a captain that was a lady and she was slightly insane and she thought it was fun to ride the waves. <laughs> Just talking this morning. Amen. We never expect to hit storms. We never expect to go through crisis. We, we don't start out our day thinking today's going to be the worst day I've had in a long time. And even though... As we have seen in the news over the last several weeks how some people were just enjoying a vacation and the horrible tragedy that hit the Carnival Costa Concordia and as it hit a reef and it killed 15 people with still several missing. As tragic as this report is, it is not rare. You see, I discovered that every year large ships sinking is very, very common. As a matter of fact, a large ship sinks every two and a half to three days in the ocean. Pretty amazing. Some of, I mean, who in here joins us and likes to cruise now? Amen. Some of you just said, God just told me not to go. Amen. A large ship sinks every two to, and a half to three days. That's two a week, roughly. Roughly 100 very, very large ships a year hit the bottom of the ocean. And around 1,000 considerable ships, one statistics group said, sink every year. I'm sure a lot of those may be in port with a uh, hurricane or natural disaster. But 1,000 considerable ships go down. It is unbelievable how many people will not fly. An industry that has less than a 1% failure rate a year. But people who will not, I wonder how many of you don't want to fly. Anybody? Yeah. People will not fly, but they'll go by a train or by a boat, and the casualties or a car escalate tremendously over a plane. I think maybe the main problem is we don't have the option to get out when we want. Son, that's a sermon right there. Amen. <laughs> Woo. As long as sailing has been around, there's just a fact that people are going to be shipwrecked. That's just how it is. When I ministered on this 20 years ago, I didn't have a clue how to preach this message. The thought that we might suffer a shipwreck here and there seemed impossible to me. I could only preach this passage as far as verse 17, my two main points. That, some of you went, wow, back then he only had two points. Amen. <laughs> my two main points. For that message were, as we read to verse number 17, that they undergirded the ship. That if we would undergird our ship with two very important components, that we would survive. And those two components that I preached on that day were praise and faith. That if we will undergird our ship with praise, if we will undergird our ship with faith in God, that no matter what comes our way, we're going to make it. And I still believe that with all my heart. I poured out my heart preaching on how we must be a church that praises God and never loses the passion of that pursuit. And how we needed to have faith that God had started us on, on a course that would not end without his great blessings. If we could just employ these two key elements, our church would make it. And I'm glad to say 20 years later it has. It was an honest message. And I truly believed that every point that I preached, were I to preach this message today with the same premise, 
I think that I would include a few more things to undergird the ship other than just praise and faith. I would definitely say that you need praise and faith in your life because I've learned that in the middle of my darkest days, it's the praise that brings the light into the darkness. It's the, it's the praise that brings the victory over the, over the trials. It's when you can look up in the unexpected praise because everybody can say, thank you, God, for the check in the mail. But when they send you the wrong bill in the mail and it gives, gives you a heart attack and you still say, God, you're worthy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. That's praise that brings miracles in your life faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. When I came home from Haiti in 1995 and my brother met me at the airport with a serious look on his face and, and I knew we were in trouble because, and I did not know what. And, and he's looking at me and said, I just want to tell you what's happening. He said, I want you to know that while you were out of the country, that, that Pastor David was in charge and he's lost the church. I told him the first two times I left him in charge, they totaled the van and lost the church. Amen. It wasn't his fault. You see, the county had had an issue, and the county had sold our church years before we even became a church for taxes that weren't due because the church doesn't pay taxes. And when we came to arrive that we had borrowed money and built a building on property that no longer belonged to us, because of an illegal sale, my heart sank. But you see, that sight, faith said, I sent you here. Faith said, I'm in control. Faith said, God's given a godly team who know how to pray. And we watched God turn a situation that seemed impossible around, and God flipped it around, and not only did they give us our property back, they gave us $10,000 for our trouble. And in 1995, well, in 2012, $10,000 is a good thing. Amen. I wanted to have faith. And that's what helps the ship get through. But I've realized today that you need a little bit more than just praise and faith. The, the third thing that I would say every church that wants to make it is going to have to undergird itself with, are you ready for this one? Forgiveness. You're going to have to learn to forgive people. You're going to have to offer forgiveness because whether we like it or not, there's going to be bumps in the road. There's going to be trials. There's going to be struggles. I'm going to hurt people unintentionally. Uh, you're going to maybe hurt me unintentionally. Things are going to happen. Struggles are going to come. And I watch people run from situation to situation in their life, and they can never find any peace in their life because they don't know how to forgive. And if we'll learn to forgive each other, to love each other the way God's called us to, God can undergird this ship and it will sail on. But not only do you have to offer forgiveness, here's the thing that I found to be the hardest. You have to be willing to receive it. You have to be willing to let it come into your life because I've watched two struggles with that. People will have a great, great failure and they think everybody knows it and they, they feel like it's screaming all the time and really what people are screaming is we love you in spite of your problems. But you're hearing the problems scream at you. And what we are declaring to you today is that Jesus can set you free and you need to let him forgive you and cleanse you. But as well, I watch people that have grown mature in God have a stumble and they think I knew better and they, they, they don't allow themselves to rise again. Listen to me. 
I would undergird this ship with all the forgiveness that I can. And that has been my goal. And here's what I always tell people. People say, Pastor Don, how can you love this person? And they, they've done this, they've done that. And how can you forgive? My wife looked at me. She's like, don't you remember what, what they said or did? And, and I'm like, let me tell you right now, I need to forgive because I'm going to need a lot of forgiveness. And I've learned the principle of the word that says, if you are judged the same way that you judge, and if you offer forgiveness, it's going to be offered back to you. And I would say, Lord, let our, our, our doors overflow with a welcoming presence of God. That says, God loves you and we accept you. And of course, as I've already told you in the middle of that, that I would undergird this ship with love. And we've tried our best. And here's a promise that I've made time and time again. There's a lot of people who can outsing me. There's a lot of people who can outpreach me. It'll probably happen here in just a few minutes. Pastor Greg preaches his best message ever. Pastor Rick's going to knock a home run. And God said, preach what you preached 20 years ago. But I want you to know this is what I've determined. Nobody can outlove us. And I just want to challenge you. Keep putting your arms around people. Another thing I would put, and I would have never known this back then, is uh, I would undergird the ship with a clear vision. I would put it so that everybody knows where we're headed and everybody knows the goals ahead of us much more clearly. We were trying to find our way so much in the early days. What kind of church are we going to be? What kind of focus are we going to have? And you know what? You, you should pretty much get our vision pretty, pretty, pretty simple now. It's clear. People are like, okay, Pastor, what's this church about? I don't know. We just want to be real. Real with God. Real with people. People, they, they floored me. They'd, they'd come up to me over the last 20 years, and they're like, we just love this church. It's so real. And I'm like, yeah, it's here. Amen. At first, I'm like, what kind of trip are you on? Are you seeing stuff that's not there? It's here. And I was finally like, tell me what you mean by that. And they said, it's okay to come in here and be broken. It's okay to come in here and be a little excited. It's okay to come in here and have failures and problems and struggles, and it's okay. And I say this all the time, but that one little lady had it wrong, but when she looked at me, she said, I love this church so much because the pastor's as big a sinner as the rest of us. And I said, you're wrong. I just have to tell my sin from up here, and you're afraid somebody's going to know yours while you're sitting quietly out there. But that's being real, showing love, loving Others is how you really show love to God. You can do this all day long. Hallelujah, I love you, 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 I love you. Oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And you know what? You're as good as a pagan. But when you do this, say, I love you. Jesus said, when you do good unto somebody else, that's how you show my love. You know, I think I would undergird the ship with patience. Because we have to learn that when we think we're ready for something, it doesn't mean we are. I remember when God began to grow our church, and, and I, I had been wondering why we had taken so long to get there, and I had to realize something. We were not equipped to go where we wanted to go yet, but God only moves us forward at the pace we equip ourselves for. And I had to learn patience, because some of the things I would have wanted would have destroyed and would have shipwrecked our ship and made it irreparable. But learning to wait on God's timing in your life, then I would say this, and this is only in the last probably four years that I would have added this undergirding, that every believer needs a mature mentor. As your pastor, I have done my best to 
secure and put around me mentors who speak into my life. There are pastors that if I call up and I say, hey, look what God did Sunday. We, like a few weeks ago, we had 34 people saved on a Sunday. And when I call them up, instead of them going, wow, that's unbelievable, they're like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Are you training them right? Are you doing this? And they're helping me grow, help me develop. You need that in your lives. Instead of thinking, okay, I'm saved. I'm here. I'm everywhere you need to go. You need to line up with one of the godly people that are in this church that have been serving God faithfully for years, and you need to begin to follow their examples. Pastor Don, you're telling us to be like a man. I'm just quoting the word. He said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. And then the other thing that I never dreamed would be an issue, but I thank God we have undergirded our ship with, is sound doctrine. Because there's some crazy stuff out there. I remember we had one preacher come through here and he was visiting and he, and he got up and he was talking about some of that stuff going on around and he was talking about, are you in the river and are you in this and the flow of this and, and, and everywhere else? He said, I got hand claps when I talked like that. And he said, your church, they kind of looked at me. I said, because my church is not about fluff. My church is about stuff. And we'd rather hear you teach us something to help us grow with God. Show us what God's Word says. We're not about the new thing happening. We believe that the Spirit of God that was poured out on the day of Pentecost, what did the apostle say? This is that, that the prophet Joel spoke of. And we're not looking for a new thing. We're looking for the fulfillment of the power of God in our lives, and we're looking to get enough of us torn away so that God can step in and pour out His power on us. I believe that with all of these, with praise, faith, forgiveness, love, vision, patience, mature mentors, and sound doctrine, even not only as a church, but in your life, that you can sail through the storms of life. You're going to make it if you do these things. And most of the time, it would seem that you will come out the other side. But the part of this message that I didn't know how to preach 20 years ago was what do you do when you hit a shipwreck, when your faith seems shipwrecked, when your family seems broken, when the church seems to be divided? What do you do when you come to a shipwreck? The concept of a shipwreck that would have affected everything we were fighting to establish never even crossed my mind. And with a staggering number of vessels that sink in the sea every year, all along our journey, we as believers must constantly be on our guard. Let's take it from a church this moment and take it to an individual. How many people are going through crisis right now that you know of? How many families are being broken apart that you know of? Shipwrecks abound on every side. What do we do when there's a shipwreck? We've got to learn shipwrecks will come. One, we know they come because the waves of crisis are constantly trying to run us aground and into the reefs of life so that we feel stuck and we allow the pressures of this life to wear us down until the integrity of our life is compromised. Shipwrecks will come when it seems like you've been beaten over and over and over again. Pastor Don, why would you preach a message like this on the beginning service? Why would you preach a message like this on the 20-year anniversary service? Because I'm not in this for the short haul, and I'm not in this for a shout. I'm in it to see people make it to heaven. I want to see people serve God no matter what comes into their life. And I'm tired of seeing people go from, oh, hallelujah, to this. I want no more of God because of people and pain and struggles. And I'm ready to see somebody who went like this step back up and say, I will reclaim my ship and I will soar on for the glory of God. Amen. Now, this one the Lord spoke to me and I thought was interesting. We will end up shipwrecked because we grow weary and we will sail in too shallow of water. 
when we know that God has called us into a deep and committed relationship with Him. And when we get comfortable and we begin to just go through the motions, I'm preaching now. When our relationship with God goes to, well, I don't need the devotional book today. I don't have time for the Word today. You know what? I'll talk to you while I drive, Lord. I'm preaching now. See, I would have shouted that point 20 years ago. Now I'm just going to tell you. And that's what happens to us. And before long, one day, two days, three days, a week has gone. And I remember that old phrase of the church the, that uh, one week without God makes one weak. You become weak. And before long, you'll end up in trouble. And I've heard it over and over again after 20 years. So I don't know how this happened. And I always start on the checklist. Were you faithful to the things of God? Were you faithful in your prayer life? Were you faithful in growing in God? God's calling us into deep water. And that's what happened to the coast of Concordia. They got too close to shore. And that's not the way God wants you living. God says, hey, I didn't call you to run up and down the beach. I called you to walk out where the water seems to be over your head. But when you get out there, you realize I'm still the one who helped Peter walk on the water. And I'll help you through the deep waters. And the Bible says deep cries out to deep. In other words, somewhere inside of you, there's a, there's a longing to know the peace that only God can pour out. Somewhere inside of you, there's a longing for the joy of the Lord. And you're not going to find it in shallow water and a shout here and there. You're going to find it when you walk into what God has called you to walk into and you become a vessel who says, I'm hungry for more. Another thing that will shipwreck you at times are simply the storms that show up unexpectedly. Have you ever been like me, uh, plan a big family day and just as you get the picnic basket packed and just as you get the car done, the heavens open up and you have wasted all the effort. There are storms that come out of nowhere. They will shipwreck your life. They will cause pain. And I've watched it in our church. And all we can do is undergird our ship with all the right components. And then sometimes everything around us seems to come crashing in. It is during these times of devastation and storms when we know we have truly given it our best shot and we still seem to wonder, did we do enough? That we realize this simple truth that God doesn't care about the ship he cares about the ones on the ship. You see, the ship is just a vessel. I didn't know this back then. To me, there was something about a building that, that was the holy sanctuary of the living God. Come on now. I have stood on this very stage in this holy sanctuary and listened to a camel, a donkey, and a goat all go to the bathroom at the same time. Come on now. I scooped up what the camel left coming up the trail. And if you think cleaning up after a house cat is something, try cleaning up after an 800-pound lion or tiger. It's not pleasant. <laughs> Nothing sacred about this building. You are the temple of the living God. People won't eat in this room, and I appreciate it because I don't want to have to renew the carpet, but you'll put garbage in constantly. You are the temple of the living God. You are the vessel of God. 
Pastor, it should be done this way. Oh, praise God, he finally got saved and wore a tie this morning. No, I wore a tie because Rick wears a tie and he's not going to outdo me on my own anniversary Sunday. Amen. Listen to me. Everybody takes their ties off. Amen. The vessel, War Hill, is a building. I'll never forget the terror that shot across our elders' face when we were talking about needing a new facility, new, new grounds as the church has blessed us. And I looked at them and I said, what, what if we just tore this one to the ground? They went, we worked so hard. I said, it's a building. And I've realized that vessels are shaken. Your home may be comforting. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Your home may be comforting, but it is not your family. It is not who you are. I have been to homes, and I'll never forget I was in Haiti, and they took me to the home of the Secretary of Agriculture. Beautiful home. I'd been preaching a crusade next door. Some of you may have been with us. Beautiful, beautiful home. We walk in the door. There's nothing inside. Nothing inside. It was all about the status of the home. It was all about the status of what people saw. It was all about just the right image and just the right car. Listen to me. What I have seen through the 90s and into these early 2000s, I have seen people lose the things that seem to matter to them. God says, hey, some shipwrecks you need to view differently. Vessels may weather a little bit of storm. But when we realize that God has not called us to hold on to things made of man, God has called us to reach out and be the ambassadors of the light of Jesus Christ, seeking that one that is lost. And we realize God could care less about whether or not we have a steeple, and God could care less about what kind of subdivision we live in. What he cares about is, is this church still preaching the gospel? And are you a good neighbor that loves people for the glory of God? The ship may be shaken, but the people on the ship is what matters the most. And when we follow his plan, everyone on board, what did Paul say? The sun may be gone, the storms may be here, but we are held by the promise of God because he's already told me you're going to make it. Some of you may not understand what I'm preaching about today, but some of you are right there because you're facing shipwrecks and it looks like your life is being shaken and it looks like everything that you valued may be taken away from you. But listen to what I've come to tell you. God could care less about your grass. God could care less about your house. God does not care about your job. God cares about you. And though the world may try to take everything away from you, I've learned over 20 years the shipwrecks are opportunities for God to say, not even one hair off of your head will be lost. I'm going to bring you through and carry you over. I've never really understood that verse. Not even one hair off of your head will be lost. I was like, Lord, help me, Jesus. What he's saying is nothing of value will be lost. But Pastor Don, I've lost this. God let me down. No, he did not. You are still alive. This church 
could be further than we are. We could be regressed from where we are. But here's what I've learned over 20 years. We're going to undergird our ship with praise. We're going to undergird our ship with faith. We're going to show people forgiveness. We're going to love others. We're going to have a clear vision. We're going to walk waiting on the Lord. We're going to let people speak into our lives, and we're going to preach the truth, and we're going to trust God that God's working a plan, and no matter where we may find ourselves, no matter what storms we may face, God is able, and we will survive for the glory of God. As Paul declared, everything of value will be kept. Now, some of you say, I don't understand why a hair is value. I'll talk to you about that later. Amen. I had a wild one the other day somewhere up here, and I said, honey, don't pull it. It's so valuable. Amen. In other words, we're going to face storms. The devil's going to try to shipwreck your faith. But if you have undergird your ship, even when it seems that it is broken to pieces, you will know that you have done everything you can to honor God. And when you have honored God, God will honor you. Somebody said, Pastor Don, you think this church will make it another 20 years? I really believe that it will not be what it is today in 20 years. Who knows what it'll be? But I give you this pledge. We will continue to do what we have done to love and forgive, teach the truth and grow in God together, laying a clear vision. And here's what I want. I want it to survive. But if War Hill is no longer War Hill, if it's named something else, if it's on another property, if it's in another place, if it's broken up because we grow to the place, we separate into multiple I don't care. I just want in 20 years when we're a little more gray and we're a little more worn, you to walk up and say, I've made it. I've survived because I have undergird my life with the things of God. Because Psalms 127.1 in closing, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Would you stand with me today? So we stand in a prayer of thanks and gratitude. Living God, I thank you for 20 years. But if a man's life is as a vapor before you, we have just begun. Lord, you have brought us through storms and there have even been wrecks along the way. But you have been faithful. It is not the church as a physical entity that we are grateful for. It is the lives that you have changed, the people that you have saved, those that have been restored, and the family that you have created that we say thank you, Lord, and we say that not one of yours will be lost. Father, I speak to these families as I pray to you in faith that they will found themselves in the things of God. They will grow in you, and the faithfulness of God will rise up within them, and they too will join me and say, not one day serving the Lord has been wasted. Not one praise was in vain. Not one prayer went unanswered because our God is faithful. And as we serve you, Lord, you will bring us through. I praise you for your goodness. I praise you. That you have said and shared with us that a family that you build will not be built in vain. And we love you 
and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many are thankful for what God has done? Amen. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.